Everyday consumers are being bombarded with the next big thing in health, wellness, and fitness. What's the future of keeping ourselves healthy, and what's just a passing fad? Hi, I'm Joey Thurman, and if you don't know me, I'm a health and fitness expert and author. I've been fortunate enough to work with celebrities, athletes, C-suite executives, and everyone in between. I've been featured on the Today Show, Live with Kelly and Ryan, Good Morning America, TEDx, and lots of other publications. As part of my ever-increasing thirst for knowledge, which ironically happened after college, I decided to create the Fatter Future podcast. What sets this podcast apart is that I am the guinea pig for these episodes. I don't only want to bring in world-class experts on the show, I want to truly get a first-hand experience what it's like to, say, go on ketamine and trip for my depression, go on a three-day fast drinking nothing but coffee and water for age reversal, eat nothing but plants and get the blood work done to back it up, or even get my brain mapped to see how messed up my head is from getting knocked around playing hockey. Once I try these things, I bring on the experts to talk about my experience and explain it to the audience in a digestible manner and ask the true question. Is it a fad or is it the future? Because after all, we don't want to be fatties. Gobble, gobble, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, this is a good one. And it's perfect for Thanksgiving Day. First of all, I want to say thanks for listening. Thanks to my family, Maria, Frederick. I love you, little dude. Love my family and love everybody listening here. Thanks for not being a fatty. Today, we have fitness director for Men's Health Magazine. Not quite sure you've heard of that. Ebenezer Samuel. We talk some shop and talk about the fads of fitness. We even get into what fitness fecal matter is. Um, working out, classes, group training, electrical muscle stimulation. You don't want to miss this conversation with Ebenezer. We're going to break it down. And here's my conversation with Eb. What's going on? It's Joey Thurman. Here's another episode of the Fad or Future Podcast. And we've got a good one. I don't know if you've heard of this little magazine called Men's Health. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Men's Health. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's only, it's only been around for quite some time. And I was subscribing to that when I was a teenager and finding out about working out and nutrition and sex tips and all sorts of shit. And, you know, we have Ebenezer Samuel here today, and he's the fitness director of Men's Health. Now, you got your CSCS, which is Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. So, you know, the, one of the cream of the crop certifications, you know your shit. If you follow him on Instagram, Ebenezer Samuel 23, he's got all sorts of great tips. And then you do some stuff with the women's health fitness director and all, all, all sorts of people. So, you know, I, I've known you for a couple of years now since I was doing some things with men's health. Yeah. I want to I say we met maybe, what, two, three years ago? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was two years ago. What was, I, what was I doing? The best exercise you're not doing or, exactly. or, or something like that. You uh, did a bunch of them for us I, and I, they were good. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's positive. They were good. Yeah. I'll take that, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. So your job as fitness director of arguably one of the you know best men's fitness magazines in the world. Uh, the well, best. The Let's best. Be uh, yeah. Nice. That's, yeah. I like it. I like it. What's your job? What specifically are you doing every day? What's it look like? It's crazy because I feel like everybody on the planet thinks I literally just go to the gym all day, which I don't. I <laughs> wish I did. I pretty much oversee all the fitness for us. So that includes like I front a lot of our fitness videos. Mm -hmm. And I also kind of try to set I set the course for what we're going to cover and how we're going to cover it, you know, kind of help us because it's crazy. There's so and you probably know this as well as anybody. Instagram is like a cesspool. It's a brilliant library mm -hmm. of tremendous fitness 
fitness knowledge. And then it's also a cesspool of some of the worst, most ridiculous mm-hmm. fitness I've ever seen. And it's my job to kind of make sure that we're charting the course and not just on Instagram, but the internet as a whole, sure. charting the course towards like the good, useful fitness and separating that from the the insane and wild and you don't need this at all. Yeah. So I kind of chart that for all of our platforms and then also kind of just map out like just crazy things, things that I hadn't thought I would be doing, but mm-hmm. like how we're portraying, what kind of bodies we're putting in the magazine because that sends a different signal to people. Really? Um, yeah. What kind of talents we're using for our fitness products, how we're marketing that. I'm involved in all of that. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a ton of fun. That, I mean, that that sounds pretty cool. There's I lot, work out too. And you got some arms on you. There's some, I just came up with this in my head and I, I got to say it, fitness fecal matter out there. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. good. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag fitness fecal matter. Now I know what the highlight of the episode is going to be. Like we're, we're done. We don't even need to keep recording. Fitness, That's the title right fit, there. Fit, yeah. It should be fitness fecal matter with men's health fitness director. That's good, huh? Yeah. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> So, yeah, I I told you this would be a good one. So, you oversee a lot of things. Let's chat about what are you excited about as far as, you know, what's going in your magazine where you see fitness heading? One of the coolest things I've seen lately, I think you do some of it. I do some of it. Um, I love guys like Marcus Philly for this too, Mm -hmm. is I think we're at this cool, we're at this cool stage in fitness where maybe like even two or three years ago, what I saw a lot of, and you still see a lot of it, I think in smaller markets is kind of like a siloed version of fitness. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm a CrossFitter and that's what I do. And CrossFit's better than bodybuilding. And here are all the reasons why. And I'm a bodybuilder and this is what I do. And I'm a sprinter, you know, and this is what I do in my, my take on fitness is better than anything anyone else is doing. Right. And what I've kind of seen now, what I'm seeing a lot lately, and it's actually something I'm really, really excited to try to convey to people. And I try to get it in my workouts a little bit here and there too, is just this idea that I feel like like things are kind of coming together and, and disciplines are more open to learning from each other and embracing like i think you see a little bit more just in terms of how a lot of crossfit boxes how a lot of them kind of get their mobility work it's descended from you know yoga ideas you see bodybuilding filtering into crossfit programs sometimes or bodybuilding movements and then at the same time you see kind of the more functional as a word that i mean i could go back and forth on that for yeah i'm indifferent on functional but yeah yeah but you see like kind of more bodybuilders kind of trying out, you know, and sometimes failing miserably, but being willing to kind of try out some of those CrossFit movements and find value in them. And so I think we're going into this cool stage of fitness where, and some of it, I think you owe to Instagram a Mm -hmm. little bit because everybody watches everybody else and it's like, oh, why don't I try that? Or what does that do? And you're seeing this, Marcus Philly is a great example of it because he's a guy who has the CrossFit background and you know, really had, you know, has kind of spun that into his own brand, which is the functional bodybuilding stuff. Right. But, you know, it's like he's blending different styles. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot of in the future mm-hmm. in terms of useful fitness. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's great. If years ago somebody would ask me if they should do CrossFit, I would have said, hell no. Yeah. You know, because you were taking these Olympic movements that take years and decades to master. And then you're doing them as fast as you can, as many as you can, and compiling them with five or six other exercises and passing out on the floor. Now, yeah, they're they're adding that mobility component in there, which is great. And you see a lot of different um, other modalities that are are being intermixed in that. And I think Schwarzenegger was one of the first guys in bodybuilding that he started like taking some ballet and doing some different posing. And you know, he he was one of the originals, kind of you know, think outside of the box as opposed to just you know 
picking up weights and putting them down, which is kind of fun. Yeah. We want to be able to move around. We want to be able to sit down. You know, we actually need to move laterally and in different planes of motion, which yeah. is crazy as opposed to just doing a bunch of damn bicep curls. Uh, Let's not knock bicep curls. <laughs> kind of my thing here. Okay. He, he, yeah. he, he does have some good guns. That's we're not. Or you ancillary movements and everything. They're great. Uh, biceps uh, can be highly functional, if you will. Now, what technologies do you see coming out that are going to be here in the future? And what do you think are just kind of a passing fad? That, it's interesting because I was actually talking to a friend of mine about a lot of the tech in fitness. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, to me, it's kind of like I consider a lot of them kind of like like to construction, like a power drill, mm-hmm. right? Where if, you, if, you, if I don't have a power drill, I can still use a screwdriver to handle my my fit my construction but yeah. if i have a power drill i'm going to take advantage of it right right so just the one thing i kind of want to and i try to do this in men's health too is make clear is like a lot of the the, the tech is cool yeah. it's like if you don't have it you can still you know you have your body weight you can get it done yeah that kind of being a side note but the tech is huge in fitness now mm. i'm really interested in a lot of these devices that track um the track heart rate variability and kind of really help with recovery really track your workout just because i think it gives you kind of a more nuanced look at at what at what your fitness is and you can kind of just like just looking at data and having that wealth of data even if you don't initially understand it mm-hmm. if it, it sounds kind of trite but if you stare at it for long enough like if you look at your workout data every day eventually you're just going to pick up trends or you're going to kind of realize things about yourself right and heart rate variability is basically how well your body's recovering in between you know heartbeats and things like that and how, how well you slept um yeah to kind of you know, break it down on an elementary basis right yeah 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 really rudimentary it's just yeah. it's the difference it's how your heart has recovered yeah. from the day before and how aggressively what you can throw at it today and really survive, I think, is kind of the takeaway from it. What I really think is cool is, like, I think it's really emerging science there. Like, there's still a lot of people that we don't know about what a high HRV means Mm -hmm. or what is a high heart rate variability, you know, whether it's bad or good. I think we're still trying to learn a lot of that stuff, but there are a lot more devices that track it. One of my favorite ones to track it that tracks it is probably the Whoop. Is it that's the bracelet one? Yeah, okay. yeah. I think a lot, uh, most of the devices that are going to catch in mass market, I think just because of how people use it, like nobody wants to wear like a chest band or something like that. Right. Um, I, I hate wearing heart rate monitor chest bands and all that. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Especially and, with my massive pecs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard. But I think the Whoop is great as much because of how it's tracking HRV as because of the pla- like how they're presenting it to you. They present it in a way that over time – you gradually get a lot of great data from it. Right. So I think that's one thing that's one thing that I think is gonna have some staying power. Okay. I think a lot of the um E STEM, Electro STEM, like mm-hmm. they're that's another market that's really flooded right now. And I think that's another market that or that's another piece where there's a lot of staying power there because for recovery and now they're starting to use it in more workouts. Right. I'm not necessarily sold on it in a workout context mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. So how, how are they trying to use they trying to stimulate ahead of time and then and hit that same muscle group or like if you got a weak glute, they're putting on your glutes and trying to stimulate that or how, how are they I've, trying to incorporate that? I've seen two. I've seen one kind of like what you're talking about uh-huh. where they kind of stimulate. And I'm not necessarily against this. I think sure. this is potentially a cool idea yeah. for queuing. But again, we just have to find we're, – we're kind of figuring out this tech and figuring out ways to use it. Right. But yeah, that's one way where like let's stimulate your glute. Then in theory, somebody who really 
isn't feeling their glutes or isn't in touch with that, then you go squat. And in theory, you're going to feel your glutes a little bit more and be more active with it. I like that. It's the same kind of thing like when I would do if I'm training somebody, if I'm going to have like let me get you doing like some glute bridges or some clamps before we do a set of squats just so you can feel. So, I like that. One of the other ways I've seen it, I don't know if you've seen um, where it's it's like a vest and you put it on Mm -hmm. and basically – the vest sends like a giant electrical charge or they can send electrical charges to certain parts of your body and they'll send that as you're doing say like a row they'll send that at the same time you know actually i i did that uh hmm. the ems full body suit what do you think let's interview you yeah <laughs> all, right, all right let's let's turn the tables here so that was really interesting going in there i thought it was gonna be one of those damn ab belts that you see on a commercial yeah. and okay you can drink a fucking beer and get your abs ripped at the same time which is what they used to basically say on these infomercials so yeah i went in there trying to keep an open mind but yeah they had this whole full-on like wetsuit type thing on me and stimulating you know different areas of my body and you know they were doing stuff like renegade rows and and push-ups and some band pull-downs and when i was doing the band pull-downs like they were trying to stimulate my lats more and that it was wild almost getting a muscular contraction when i was completely elongated yeah which you're not used to so for me it was just the wildest experience where they had me doing some russian twist so i'm basically you know sitting on your butt 45 degree or rotating side to side with the medicine ball or something and my they were firing my glutes yeah. which was really interesting because normally on a Russian twist especially if my feet are up my hip flexors are just frying out and it's less my abs or my obliques if, yeah. we're, if we're saying you can actually isolate your ab- your abdominals so I was, ro- I was doing rotations there and when my glutes were being active I felt my hip flexors less yeah kind of shut down yeah so yeah. maybe a little reciprocal inhibition going on there or something but it was wild for sure it wasn't as much as like a localized where i thought that i've had worn some stem things where they just put on your shoulder your bicep yeah. for a little bit of recovery and that is like i thought i was going to experience the whole time where my muscles were like trying to jump out of my skin it was a unique experience i don't know and you guys are gonna have to listen to the podcast on that one to find <laughs> out <laughs> i had a similar one done but it was maybe like about i want to say a year and a half ago uh-huh. and i feel like it, a lot of the tech that we have for stuff like that um and not to segue too much but a lot Se- of segue all you want man a lot of the tech that we have in these settings i feel like it's what we have a lot of really cool tech and fitness and you can go back like everything from the vibration therapy devices mm-hmm. we have that I was going to get to massage guns anyway. But, yeah. And those are, you know, it to me always, you know, you've got the electro stim stuff, you've got the vibration therapy, you've got, you've got all these tools, but it, it really comes down to the person using them right. and the trainer, right? Because like when I had that e-stim workout experience, the trainer wasn't wasn't hammering kind of with again that reciprocal inhibition idea which is when you talk to me about that mm-hmm. i'm kind of like intrigued and i almost want to go back and try that right the trainer who i had was hammering you know he was basically re-cueing the muscle that was working and right. it felt kind of i became almost tentative with the contraction mm-hmm. because i was like well i don't want to pull something or so I, I was almost not comfortable with that right but what you're saying is actually kind of more interesting so i f- i feel like it always comes back to the trainer sure. and the knowledge base of the trainer because mm-hmm. none of i think the thing that's happening now is a lot of times you we're putting these devices out there and it's like hey even with massage guns you know and massage guns are a thing that i think has staying power because they're intriguing but yeah. they need to not be confused with like 
like a massage gun does not replace your formal one. You can't mm-hmm. tack and stretch with a massage gun. That's yeah. just reality. Or a massage therapist. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a cool and useful tool in the right hands. Right. But if you give it to somebody, I ha- I knew somebody who was who had shoulder issues. And so he was using massage gun pretty aggressively. And I was like, uh, but he was using it directly on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that's not because nobody showed him. And, you know, so he he got this this piece of tech because it's right out there and anybody can buy it. Right. And I'm like, no, you're probably only making your shoulder worse by doing it. What you need to do is kind of more address like pec minor and work on kind of like helping to doing things that can help centrate the joint. But that's right. not going to do it. And it's like we have these tools, but it comes down to educating people to use them and also just giving them to good trainers because it, the trainer or the the tech or the scientist or whoever is going to right. be the person who knows how to use it best. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the one thing. If you've got if you've got a sore shoulder, it's probably not stemming from your shoulder. Exactly. And there there is you know eleven intrinsic muscles in, in, in your scapula area. Like there's a bunch of stuff you got to work on. And you release that and activation and, and different. So yeah, I could definitely see where people are just grabbing those things and attacking different areas and going at it, and they they could potentially be making it worse. You know, so I think that the modality and the usage of it is is huge. Now. I mean, yeah, I, I like there's all sorts of different massage guns out there. I mean, with Theragun was one of the first kind of to market. Yeah. Originally, when I saw those things, I thought, I thought somebody took a drill bit and put a <laughs> put a rubber ball on the end of it, which yeah. is kind of what it looks like. Maybe that was one of the original concepts. I don't know. So what do you think that could be out right now that is going to be kind of a passing fad? So I'll, yeah. I'll start listing things. You've got like uh, ARX technology. You've got some maybe, you know, vibration platforms, maybe these different workouts that are in saunas, even these classes that are an hour, like boutique classes there. Let's, let's go there. Let's go down this rabbit hole. What do you think about a class where people are coming in? for an hour or 55 minutes and they're just getting their ass kicked without any sort of breather or anything. Do you think that's good? Do you think that's bad? What what are your thoughts? I get why people do it. Mm -hmm. I get why it's really easy to market because we have this concept or we have, there's always been this kind of idea in fitness and this idea just for everything, fitness, weight loss or whatever, that if you've sweated and if you're in a pool of sweat, you've had a good workout. Mm -hmm. And I think what you see is there are occasionally some good fitness ideas out there, but they never really get a chance because I almost feel like it's like a level of like of programming insecurity, Mm -hmm. right? Where if you're not certain that people are going to trust or get what you're hoping to get out of your fitness, well, let's, let's make them do a hundred burpees before this class is over because then they're dead. Right. And then they feel like they've accomplished something. So the whole concept of killing yourself in a class is something on the one hand crossfit one thing i really credit them for is kind of teaching people what intensity really is mm. and that you can you can work harder than your four sets of ten and your heart is meant to go faster than it, or your heart is meant to beat faster and has more potential than right. it's going to get from your four sets of 10 to 12 bicep curls so i like that about crossfit i like the fact that we can reach and we we got in across the message that people can reach a new level of intensity now right but some of these boutique classes take it too far and rely upon that. I could go down fad boutique classes very quickly. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> One I really, I was really disappointed with, not disappointed in because I kind of knew going in that it wasn't going to be all that uh-huh. was Burn. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with uh-huh. that. Burn is this class where they basically put you in a freezer 
it's you know i think so it winds up being like i'm bad with degrees or whatever sure. i think it's like 30 or 40 whatever it is it's cold yeah okay and you do your workout in there and your nipples are hard it's cold yeah it's okay. cold. Right. <laughs> and then you do your workout in there and then but it's it's literally the exact same hit and i use hit very loosely uh-huh. but the exact same hit workout you get anywhere else but their theory what they claim is that because you're doing it in the cold, um, you're going to burn more calories and like, no. And that's like the perfect example of, of this class where you go in and first of all, the trainer, and you and me could probably talk about this at some point too, uh-huh. but the trainer didn't, I swear he didn't look like he was a trainer at all. He just looked like a dude. And he put us through a bunch of stuff and at the end he was like, okay, now we're going to have our finisher. And it was like, it was like burpees until you die. You know? Right. Which, I mean, if you do... 10 burpees and you've you don't even sit down and stand up 10 repetitive times like that's gonna kill you exactly i mean it's one of the worst exercises ever and i get why people want to do it and it's gonna jack your heart rate up and you're, you're going from a low point to a high point and it's hard it's going to feel difficult but you touched on hit and using that loosely now one thing that drives me crazy is if mm. uh, i go to a class and i train some class instructors mm. and they come to me to get some more education on how they should program and structure things, which is nice. I'm glad that they're doing that and they're doing their due diligence. But if you're on a treadmill, let's give you a scenario. Obviously, this is happening. To me. You're on a treadmill and you're running on an incline mm-hmm. for, for a minute. And then they say, turn it to a 12 or as fast as you can and sprint for 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> is that possible? Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. First of all, a sprint is over very quick. Like, and this is just something that this is my pet peeve mm-hmm. or something that really bugs me. When somebody, t- when anybody tells you to sprint for like 30 seconds to a minute, after about six seconds, like any sprinter is basically fighting like deceleration. They're mm-hmm. just trying to not slow down. They're done sprinting. They're coasting. Exactly. Yeah. So places like, like Barry's Bootcamp, uh-huh. it's like, no, you're not sprinting anymore. It's, right. it's humans just aren't doing that. It, right. It's just not. And I think people get like hit is one of the most. High intensity interval training, people skip the hit has become, every class tells you it's hit. High intensity interval training generally requires more rest than people are getting. It is not Mm. 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off for an hour or even for 20 minutes is not high intensity interval training. And it has diminishing returns on the level of what hit's supposed to have. It doesn't mean it can't be a good workout. It just means it's not. It's not what they're claiming it is. So maybe it should be intense interval training. I would that, interval training. Yeah, or interval, because, yeah, yeah, I mean, so high intensity, yeah, you say six seconds, and maybe if you're Usain Bolt, maybe you've got eight, eight nine seconds of energy stores, but you, you just start, you must start moving into different energy systems yeah. past that point. So for me, if they're having me do an incline jog, I'm already kind of wearing myself out and then yeah. I'm going 30 seconds hard sprint. Like that's definitely not the right. They could say run as fast as you can yeah. for 30 seconds and then they're not doing, I mean, you're one to three, one to six work to rest ratio. Okay. Yeah. So, so then you're going and you're, you're doing an incline run followed by your air quotes here, 30 second sprint. And then you're immediately jumping off the treadmill and then they're having you go into deadlifts. Well, and that's that's my other thing. You, right. You're kind of hitting the like not enough of these classes. And what happens in these classes is I think then these people go into regular fit. And this I'm not to segue again, but then sure. these people go into regular fitness and they think that they're supposed to replicate the class effect on some effect on right. some level. And so rest gets lost in this whole equation. And rest period is so so important, mm-hmm. right? And not enough of these classes they have you. It's like you, yeah, you go from thing to thing to thing. 
a lot of times it's thrown together in a way that isn't practical or bright, as you're pointing out, because when I'm getting off that treadmill, I'm in no position to deadlift cleanly. Right. Especially if like, if I'm not, it's one thing if like maybe my body, you know, if I'm trying to work on like my breathing techniques or sure. something like but I'm in no position to deadlift. Yeah. I really need to rest. And not enough of these classes, just period, you look at so many, they think you, you have to fill every moment of class with movement. Right. Because otherwise they're going to go next door. If they're at Berries, they're going to go to Orange Theory. If they're at Orange Theory and they don't like that and sweat enough because they didn't get their orange zone or heart rate up enough and they didn't, then they're probably going to go to something else because I think that's what's what's been happening now. Yeah. And it's scary. And it really is. Eventually, like, it, it's like driving your car, you know, on 100 miles an hour all the time. Something's going to break down. Yeah. It'll last for a little bit, but... Yeah, those rest periods, you just did a 30-second run as hard as you can, and then you're trying to do a – they say pick up a heaviest weight you can and do a deadlift with like a 10-second breather. Like your your form is not going to be there. Like you're going to be catching your breath from that uphill run or whatever. I feel like the marketing of fitness is that you have to like stay in movement. You have to be breaking sweat. And the marketing of fitness to this point, one, to be clear, I think it's come a lot farther since like the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. I think we have advanced in terms of just – you know, I feel like in the 80s and 90s, that was the golden age of, you know, your fitness is defined by your six pack, mm-hmm. right? And now I feel like we have like a more advanced knowledge of that. And so we, we, we understand that fitness is not just like an appearance thing. Right. But the marketing of fitness at this point is still like is very anti-rest period. Just go until you drop. And what we have to do, I feel like it's the responsibility of good trainers, good fitness influencer personalities. Mm-hmm. And hopefully at some point, one, my magazine too, like we have to continue to, I think we've kind of started championing a little bit more. That's not high intensity interval training. And trying to get people to understand what HIT is and when it's being used. But it's the responsibility of all of us to kind of explain to people and show people that how to use rest periods, why rest periods are beneficial. And to find a balance because there is a balance. Sometimes people are resting too much. Right. Or it's, it's very easy to be like, oh, I've, I've done my set. Ebenezer says I should rest more. So let me take five minutes and hang out on my phone and get nothing done. Right. We have to kind of show them that balance though. That, you know, if I really want to get stronger, if I want to commit to getting stronger and I want to do that, I want to do five sets of like three to five on the bench press. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be doing four sets of 15 right. and then taking 20 seconds rest. In order right. to commit to get stronger, I have to let my body rest so that I can go heavier. Okay. That's the one thing you're never going to do in these fitness classes either. You never, ever, ever... And I apologize. I'll yeah. stop after this. No, no. I, I, yeah. I, I actually like where we're headed here. Keep going. You overload the body in that you overload the body with work. And you overload the body in terms of duration. Yeah. And in terms of no rest. But you never, ever... Everybody comes to me and their big question is, how do I put on muscle here? How do I put on muscle there? And I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm doing hit, or I go to Soul Cycle. Well, there's your problem. Right. You know what I mean? If you want to bulk up, if you want to bulk up, right. I mean, that whole bulking and cutting is another conversation. Sure. But if you want to really put on muscle on your chest, you have to commit to training heavier and pushing your body. And you train a lot in these fitness classes. You're not training heavy. Right. And then we're not going to go down the whole nutrition thing, but there's a, there's a huge component of that as well. So exactly. let's go. People say they're strength training, but they're picking up light weights. What would you say strength training is specifically? I think strength training to gain strength and muscle mm-hmm. requires a level of overload. You need to – it needs to be done smartly. Right. This isn't to say run into your gym and go bench 225 if you've never been in there before. It needs to be done smartly, but there needs to be a level of progressive overload both in the context of – 
of a single workout mm-hmm. and over the context of a couple weeks and months. You need to be progressively challenging yourself with load. And that requires resting. It requires changing your rep schemes mm-hmm. sometimes and gradually adjusting that. And it requires, it doesn't all have to be done either by just simply overloading with weight. Like we can overload the body in other ways, but there needs to be a level of progressive overload and of tracking that way you can continue to improve. Okay. You're going to get proper rest. So if you want to get strong and you know, you want to build some muscle tissue, what would you say the person starting out or listening to this, or maybe they're going, they're going all these classes and they're thinking, shit, I've been doing berries or soul cycle or whatever. And I'm actually, you know, negating some of the size that I want to get, would you say they should start reps, sets, rest period, just less work maybe? Yeah. I would kind of, again, the the stuff you're doing in a berries or like on a basic level, I don't want to completely say that you're not getting fit because obviously you're training multiple energy systems. I go to classes a lot, right. partly because it's half the, it's half my job is to know a lot of the fitness that goes around and just how it is. And when I go into those classes, the one thing I try to do is like, I actually go, you know, they're always like, oh, you're a big guy, go heavy. You know, no, I'm going to go lighter here because you're going to kill me with never going to get a chance to rest again. We've talked about that, right. but you're going you're gonna to kill me. So I'm going to go lighter and that gives me an, an opportunity to move my body and my muscles at a greater velocity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. With the lighter load. So I'm going to go lighter and I'm going to use that in class. What I would want people to do if you're trying to gain muscle and you're trying to get stronger, I would want you to start with kind of a basic just strength program. Mm-hmm. And this can take a couple forms, but you want some kind of split where you're training either your full body three times a week, okay. um, where you've got like a day of training and then a day of rest, or where you're training, say, a push-pull legs or something like that, where you're doing pulling muscles one day. Then those muscles get a level of rest on the next day because you're training your pushing muscles the next day, and then you maybe train your leg. That's obviously my favorite split. That's what I tend to come back to. But you right. want some kind of program like that, and you want to hit a couple fundamental motions that you want to make sure you're hitting on a weekly basis and getting stronger on. Like you want to lead off your back days with like a row with the row exercise. You want to lead off your chest days with a bench press exercise. Mm-hmm. You want to lead off your leg, but you want to get stronger and focus on those fundamental motions. Okay. Make sure you're hitting them two or three times a week. And we're not hitting them in terms of, you know, some kind of get off the treadmill and let's do our deadlifts. But we're walking into the gym. You're kind of doing some soft tissue work, getting your body kind of warmed up and primed, then stepping into those deadlifts and doing you know, like deadlifting the bar to kind of get a good feel for it. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, taking a good minute to 90 seconds, resting, loading some weight on the bar, then doing like you want to just have a better program. One of the, the, the starting program I would, I generally go to with people is I want them doing four, I think of four sets of eight to 12 Mm -hmm. for every, for like two to three movements. And this is again, like a very baseline, just kind of a skeleton that I like to work with. But four sets of eight to 12 for two to three movements and you're kind of working down. So you're starting with 12 reps on that first set, then adding some weight, moving down to 10 reps, then adding some weight and moving down to eight reps. It is more, depending on the kind of personality you are and what you like about fitness, it is more boring, right. quote unquote. Right. But boring works, and there's a reason that people have been doing boring since before Soul Cycle existed. Yeah, well, Soul Cycle took a bike and 
you know, that we, we dance on it now. It's a, <laughs> it's a multi, probably, I don't know, they're probably close to multi-billion dollars. I don't know yeah. how, how much, but hey, yeah, you, you put some candles on and you dance on a bike and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden you're loaded, you know, and then sometimes people wonder why after doing that for a long time, their their back or their hip flexors hurt or something. And I'm not getting soul cycle or spin classes, but I mean, same thing, you got to be aware of the modality. And if you're con- consistently doing that over and over again, what's happening to your body when, it, when it's pretty much in the same position, it's, uh, you know, and doing a push up on a bike, which is oh, that, that, not a push up. I still don't. And, and this is not, again, meant to this soul cycle. And I feel this way about a lot of group fitness classes mm-hmm. too. There are a lot of group fitness classes where I go in and I'm like, I don't understand. And I understand the pretty good amount of what I'm doing in fitness, but I don't yeah. understand what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. You yeah. Know? I'll say this though for fitness classes, because again, I don't want people to think we're bashing. No, them. no, by any means. Um, I just want people to understand yeah. what they're doing and the results that will come from it. And yeah. maybe it's not conducive to what they want to achieve. Exactly. Yeah. Because pretty much like I feel like from a from on a baseline level, I'm happy any, especially the way society is now, I'm happy anytime anybody is moving, Absolutely. whether they're doing my program or your program. Like, I just want people to move more. Yeah. People are just getting fatter. They're getting sicker. They're getting like, and we've got all this tech and all that sort of shit. And believe me, yeah. I'll go into a soul cycle class and sometimes I don't want to think about anything. Yeah. And then they've got the weight section. I skip it. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Like I just keep pedaling, you know, but yeah. you know, I just, I just, sometimes I just get, want to get a, want to get a sweat. And there's a difference between working out and training, training as a purpose, working out, just exactly. get a sweat, right? So I just I go in and Joe DeFranco talks about that, like real smart guy. And I, um, DeFranco's gym, yeah, check, check that out. It's good, good dude. So if you just go into the class with a purpose and know what your purpose is and like, yeah. hey, I want to sweat today and that's it. I don't want to think about anything else. I want some motivational shit said and that great. You know, that's what I'm going to do. But if I want to go in and I want some sort of programming and I want to get stronger or whatever, I'm going to have one of my buddies, you know, yeah. that's a strength coach or a former bear strength coach. They're going to train me and we're going to go over some stuff and I'm going to get outside of my comfort zone because that's going to create change or they're going to write a program up for me because maybe I'm not doing hip hinge movements or enough that I should be yeah. doing because I've got, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe my right glutes not firing enough. So sometimes even as a fitness professional, we need to seek advice from other fitness professionals. Yeah, and that's what that's something I do. I'm uh, very good friends with Don Saladino. Mm-hmm. Like I have, he's got, he's got good stuff. What's his Instagram? Just Don Saladino. Don Saladino. Yeah, look yeah. yeah, he's great though. And that I think it's really cool to work with other people like that. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I love about my job right now. Yeah. I have my own program, and I I know what I want to do in the gym. But every so often, every like once a week, twice a week, or every other week or something like that, I get in with him. It gives me somebody because I can't watch myself. You know, mm-hmm. and he can pick up things, bad habits I might be sure. creating that I didn't even realize, you yeah. know, or where, no, you can go heavier on that. But it's it's a lot. It's really easy to be tentative when you're by yourself or to not push yourself when you're by yourself. Right. Having somebody you can be like, you know, what? you were really clean on that. Like, let's bump it up another 20 pounds. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, right there. I, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up. So even if you're a professional in whatever industry, seek other professionals for help because they're going to pick up things that maybe you're not picking up. Maybe you've got some sort of shoulder thing going on or leg or hip or whatever. Get outside of your comfort zone and that's going to create a ton of change. Ebenezer, so where can people find you? Ebenezer Samuel23 on Instagram and the menshealth.com website. Make sure you hang out there. Men's, yeah, you, you got to check out menshealth.com. We're there everywhere social media can be found. Hmm. You have a new rules of muscle 
What is that? That is earlier this year. Uh-huh. I've had a lot of people ask me for kind of some kind of program. Yeah. And so we released that through Men's Health or through the Men's Health brand. It's basically a video program. It's very tight workouts, very dense workouts. They're five 28-minute workouts. So oh, nice. we kind of base it around a lot of the stuff we just talked about. So it's all body part workouts, really fundamental stuff that kind of gets you. It's a really good starter kit to strength training, a really good way to kind of, if you want to do my Instagram workouts, if people yeah. want to do that, it's a really good starting point to get that down. Nice, man. Well, thanks for weeding through the stink of the fitness fecal matter. <laughs> I had to get that in there. I had to get that in there. You're going to trademark that. Yeah, this, I, I think I may need. So I'm Joey Thurman. This is the Fatter Future Podcast. Don't be a fatty. Be a part of the future to your health. Cheers. That was a good episode. Now, next week, we have Marisa Moon, intermittent fasting expert and primal health coach. Now, have you ever wondered if fasting is for you, how to do it? Yeah, man, I wish there was a guide. Well, she has the guide, and we're going to break down, is skipping meals actually good for you? What does it do for you? Is it the fad, or is it the future? Tune in next week with my conversation with Marisa.